fuck PowerPoint. There is no power in those points and no point in those presentations. We have been brainwashed into believing that PowerPoint gives us the power to express ourselves creatively. But the only power it has is to kill our souls. Fuck PowerPoint and fuck your Excel spreadsheet too. Those columns and rows represent the metal bars of the prison cell of your brain. Free yourself from the soul-killing software of Excel and PowerPoint and live a more meaningful existence. Fuck PowerPoint and fuck Excel. Listen, living, listening to Synchronon. Sick and wrong. Yes, you're listening to Sick and Wrong. The Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. God, what a bunch of scumbags. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. One of your hosts, D. Simon. Hi, I'm Kate Rambo, the other one. Hi. Kate Rambo. Yes. Have you or anyone you know ever had an alien encounter? You know what? No. I've had friends who claim they've seen ghosts and felt like the presence of others. But I actually genuinely know no one that's seen like flashing lights in the sky and been like, you know, Tom DeLonged believing that they're aliens. Have you? You you don't believe in aliens, though. Like the existence of aliens. No, I totally believe there is life out there, man. But I don't necessarily believe that the life out there is like um, ballsy enough or brainy enough to build like intergalactic motion vehicles and then they're coming here to fuck with us that's kind of my take on it like i feel like there's probably some kind of bacteria or something on jupiter that is fits the definition of what we call life but i don't think there's any kind of star trek aliens reptilians or anything like that that are flying around saucers they're just like oh we don't want to come to the earth because they're a primitive life form compared to us I do hope there is a bug planet like in Starship Troopers, just like full of all these huge, gigantic bugs. And I would love it if there was a planet full of dinosaurs, because wouldn't you just want to go there? I mean, if you think about it, the galaxy is vast. We've barely, we've, you know, explored a fraction of it, a tiny fraction of it. So I can't even wrap my brain around how big the universe is. I mean, it's just like when you start seeing all the numbers where it's like 20 knots. I'm just like, I can't even say this number. Well, but that's, that's like, Let thing. alone think about it. Well, that's the thing. That's why I think it's very chauvinistic to think that there might not be alien life, but I don't know. I, I actually have a, an easier time believing in the existence of aliens than I do like a ghost or yeah. a god that, that controls people's destinies. Um, Me too. I've never had any kind of alien encounter. I've, I remember one time, me and, uh, God, this is like a long time ago, me and Captain Carl, who's been on the show, um, and my ex-girlfriend Shelly, we're all driving to Las Vegas, and me and Captain Carl were doing like rails of blow off my, I think it was, it was my old Monte Carlo, just right off the dashboard, like we were just fucked up and driving and smoking weed, and it was really weird. Like we're driving and um, my ex Shelly was sleeping in the back seat, and out of nowhere, Carl, Captain Carl was like, dude, do you see that? And look over and there was this like green light that was just following right next to the car. 
And I'm not going to believe you guys on anything. You've, you've whacked out your guard. Exactly. We were off our tits. <laughs> and I shouldn't even been driving, let alone on a highway going like 100 miles an hour. But yeah, there was like this light that was kind of following us. And it was just, you know, in the middle of the desert. There's no other cars around. And we I don't know what it was. We were just like, well, this is funny. We just thought it was really funny. And then it would go away and then come back and then go away and come back. That's probably the closest thing I've ever had to an alien encounter. I live out in, like, obviously the country. I live in a national park. And so our skies here are clear all the time. Like, I can see every fucking star. Never once have I seen anything where I've been like, I wonder what that is, ever. Well, have you ever been to Peasmore, Berkshire in Berkshire? No, I haven't been to Burke in Berkshire. Was that, I think it's like, is it kind of, by, I looked it up. It's like between Reading and Swindon. Yeah, it's down there, isn't it? It's like a little town. Well, I was reading that, um, well, I was reading about it, and that's why we ended up getting an interview with him. But a man by the name of Miles Johnston, who uh, runs the Bases Project, he claims that in this, this little town of Peasmore, underneath, underneath this little mm-hmm. town, Peasmore, um, there's, a, there's a, basically it's Britain's Dolce base. There's a secret underground base where they're experimenting with time travel, bodily implants there's seven foot reptilians and grays walking around and programmable life forms that are being turned into super soldiers yeah under this little sleepy village it's kind of like dolce base here which uh, you know listeners of the show remember me and harrison covered uh, dolce base in new mexico um so i read this interview with miles johnson and i was like i gotta see if this guy's gonna come on the show because it's bizarre to me to think about it, you know, that, uh, you know, that, that we have Dolce. But I understand, like, when you think about alien theorists and, con- and, and, and alien conspiracies and things like that and, and UFO sightings, it, do- it, it doesn't surprise me that it happens in the U.S. And it happened, you know, no. like, it, it, you know, but England has a lot of crop circles. Like, that's where a lot of crop circle sightings. So I think you have a lot of alien you know, theorists and people who believe and, 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 you know, people who believe in the existence of extraterrestrials in the UK. Not just crop circles. We have stone circles as well. And especially where I live, where I live has the most stone circles out of anywhere in the UK. And people still don't know what they were for. Do people attribute those to aliens? It can be a call to aliens like for druids. sure. The pagans, some of them. Well, remember when we had uh, Barbara Lamb on the show and she was talking about- Oh my about, God, what a sweetheart. Yeah, yes. she would go out to uh, to England and go on like crop circle, um, you know, tours. Hunting, yeah, around Wiltshire and devices and all that. Well, Miles, I think, whereas Barbara Lamb's kind of a sweet, you know, elderly woman who's been studying crop circles and doing hypnotic regression for a long time. Miles is like full-blown conspiracy theorist, not just about aliens, but about like governmental conspiracies, the BBC. Um, He's like a full-blown like tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy theorist. So I reached out to him to see if he can come on the show. And so this, you know, true confession time, this actually, this interview is from September. I've been saving it uh, for a bit mainly because uh, I knew I was going to be going out of town. So I figured we'd play this um, this weekend. We almost played it in October, but we ended up getting wrapped up with that Spooktober thing. 
So I just kind of held on to the interview to play it over um, Thanksgiving weekend because I was going to be out of town. But anyway, we, we interviewed him, I think it was like end of September. Um, but I reached out to him and I was trying to interview him like earlier, I think it was like end of August, early September. But he's like, no, I can't go into a conference. And I was like, oh, really? He's like, yeah. He's like at Britain's Area 51. And I was like, Britain I really want to go to one of these conferences. I was like, Britain has an Area 51 too? Like, well, ours is the OG Area 51. I guess. I mean, I didn't even know that you guys had like a, a even a Dolce base. But anyway. Well, I wanted to interview this man a multitude because there's so much we barely even touched upon that I well, could ask him. We ended up having now a very long more. interview that I had to edit down to, to play on the main show. But so Miles Johnson is a very interesting person. I do recommend people looking at his website, thebasesproject.org, and reading some of the articles, some of the interviews that he's done. So he's like an old school radio guy. And that's what I like yeah. the most about him. You I know, think people, because he was surprised when I said I remembered Kiss FM from my childhood, but he, especially if you're from the North or you're from Ireland uh, in Scotland as well, you know Kiss FM. Like, I remember it. I'm sure a lot of our listeners have uh, have probably heard Miles on the radio when he was DJing yes. on Kiss FM. But so the Bases Project um, came out of the Irish UFO Research Center, which was created by Miles Johnson, a guy named John Hand, and Danny Wilson in the 1970s. They also published the Irish UFO News. And so Miles, like in the 70s, kind of started working in like Irish pirate radio, sort of. It was called like Irish Free Radio. This is like in the, the mid-70s. This is before he worked for KISS. Um, and then uh, he eventually like found out, I guess it was during this time on Irish Radio, he found out from a guy by the name of Barry King that there is a secret underground base in Peasmore, Berkshire, where there are programmable generated life forms that are being produced and turned into super soldiers. And this is, I think, where he began his whole descent into conspiracy theory madness here. Um, and that's the thing. Like, talking to the guy, he definitely believes, you know, he, he firmly believes what he's saying. However, yeah. I always question, when, when I talk to these conspiracy theorists, I want to try to get more answers from them. I want to try to get evidence and I always have a hard time getting tangible, you know, reliable evidence for these conspiracy theories that they're talking about. However, oh. I got to say, uh, Miles is very credible. Oh, he's totally credible. And like, there's loads I want to talk to him about. But Brits will definitely know him because this documentary has just resurfaced on Netflix. I remember this documentary like series the first time round. And it's Confessions of an Alien Abductee. Yeah. And Miles, like, basically created this um, this documentary. And they all thought it was going to be done seriously. But obviously, Channel 4 took a different direction with it. So that's how people might know him as well over here. Didn't they just recently bring it back, too? Yeah, it came back on Netflix. So it was really funny seeing the reactions from, like, new people who had just seen it. And then, like, my generation. I remember I was smoking weed watching it the first time around. And being like, this is fantastic. And like, all these people are still believers. Well, Miles believes that humanity and all life on Earth are in extreme danger from a predator species, which masks its presence in human form and is set to destroy all life if the wider public and suitable resources are engaged. He says we only have about three generations 
left to solve this crisis. And so a lot of, yeah, a lot of the articles on his uh, website, you know, are about this impending doom that we're all facing. My point about it is, you know, my, my take on is who cares? I mean, let you us and I die. are going to be long gone before it's an issue and we're not having kids. So fuck no. it. I mean, I don't care what happens to the earth after I go like, fuck it. <laughs> I'll be dead. I won't care. Well, Miles is more altruistic than we are. He does care. And he's on a mission to inform the world about this predator species. So before we end up, uh, before I play this interview here with uh, Miles Johnson, uh, let's chat about Patreon because that's a real crisis that's affecting everyone in the here and now. (laughs) (laughs) It is, especially us. (laughs) We need you to support us on Patreon. We do. Um, You know, we appreciate you just kind of signing up on the Patreon, giving us a couple bucks, keeping the show going, and we give you something in return. In fact, we give you a whole second show in return and um, other bonus content like uh, archived episodes. We get the first 10 years available on, uh, on Patreon, as oh, well wow. as uh, Sick and Wrong uh, Overkill, which is our bonus minisode. Um, but for only five bucks a month, you get access to two shows a week. You get the main show as well as our, uh, our, uh, second show. Uh, this week is going to be live in San Francisco. So, uh, yeah. we'll, we'll get to chat all about my sister's Thanksgiving party. Uh, we get to talk about, uh, um, Wackerly and his wife who were there. Um, also the French woman who uh, took a shit on her Tinder dates, uh, couch. She's going to be there. I, lo- I loved her. <laughs> She was amazing. Uh, we also get to catch up with Steph and Jer and find out what's going on with Ozzy. Uh, the question is, is Ozzy talking yet? Oh, is he a believer yet is the real question. Well, we don't know. We don't know. But you'll find out only on the second show. You know, honestly, we, we don't have time to chat about everything that's going on in our lives in the main show. Because the main show, we, 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 it's structured. You know, it's like, it's like uh, you know, business up front, party in the back. So the party's yeah. on the second show. It's so a little bit more personal, a little bit more saucy. So, um, yeah, sign up today. S- Patreon.com slash sickandwrong. You'll give a little, you get a lot. We do appreciate the support. Here's a quick promo that we're hoping will get you to sign up for Patreon. And then uh, let's chat about the uh, British Area 51 and Super Soldiers with Miles Johnson. Greetings, loyal subjects in the UK and in the colonies. I love the Sick and Wrong Patreon. It gives me news stories, extra phone calls, and lots of tips on how to deal with my son Andrew, the sweaty nonce. Anybody found in the UK or the colonies not subscribed to the Patreon will face beheading. Thank you. Miles, thanks for being on the show. How are you? Well, I'm doing fine, but I'm afraid I'm too busy because I'm being more famous than you are. <laughs> uh, last night, uh, I got uh, assailed by by five or six blonde ladies because, oh, Miles, you're on. They keep, people keep calling me Giles. Giles. Okay. And uh, about 2012, 2011, going through 2012, we did a show for, for the Channel 4 network in the UK. And it was Confessions of an Alien Abductee. And this was meant to be the start of a whole series of confessions shows. Like interviews with people who are abducted. And um, excuse me, but I've got a product place this. (laughs) 
Oh, I love it. That's oh, wow. Yeah, I like made that. it. Oh God, can you see this? I can see it very yeah. well. I love it. <laughs> With intact DNA, but nobody gets that joke. <laughs> anyway, that's that's. People say, "Oh, are you doing any this year?" No, because it's not 2021. <laughs> so, when are they are they like kicking off that show again or rebooting it? Well, what happened was uh, we thought it was a serious documentary, and this included uh, Simon Parks. And Simon Parks uh, talked about, uh, because what we did was with the Amash Project was, um, and this leads into a lot of things, the Amash Project basically was a brainchild of Joanne and three other guys. That's me, uh, a guy who runs the Birmingham uh, UFO group, Dave Hodrian, and another guy called David Griffin. And David Griffin was one of the key people who got the story of the sentient fluid or black goo out into the wider domain. I do have a question about that coming up a little later. Yeah, that came through, um, I don't want to go into the whole story of that, but basically it's a Falkland Islands story. Okay. The Falklands War. Wait, so mm -hmm. the black goo uh, came from the Falkland Islands? Sentient fluid came, uh, was, was, a, was a prize of war from Thule Island, which is part of the south, the Georgia Islands, south of the Falklands. How oh, interesting. And that was a German refueling uh, base on their, on their way to the Antarctic. Oh, interesting. And anyway, we can talk about that. But anyway, the show, the show uh, uh, because I've just been fired from Sky Television, because I'd find out that the Chinese were infiltrating Rupert Murdoch's operation uh, in, the, in the UK, and by by the back door, they were going to take over Fox. And that's another big story. It's a very serious uh, thing we that I'd been tracking. And essentially, I was used as a mechanism to obtain information without me knowing it. So that um, very important information about the whole Rupert Murdoch empire, the way it was being attacked by the Chinese by stealth. I, I blew the whistle on that. And um, they fired me. Wait, was is Sky hmm. owned by uh by is that one of Rupert Murdoch's yes. entities? Sky, Sky News yeah. uh started Sky Television was a channel which had been operating on the trans-European uh, English language satellites for cable TV across Europe. Yeah, I remember that. And that was there was another one called the Super Channel, and that's when CNN and those other channels were available to a European audience, uh, but only on cable. The, the bottom line is 1987, when I started a, a radio station called KISS FM, certain things happened and there was a big change in the universe. I remember uh, KISS FM very well. I know, this you, is you were part of my called... childhood. Aha, <laughs> yeah. uh -huh, but that's in Los Angeles. <laughs> and she, lives in, uh, she lives in Northern England. She lives in Northern England? I'm yeah, in Los I'm, Angeles. I'm in the very north miles. I'm as north as you can go in Britain. I'm in Cumbria. Bloody hell. You probably picked Kiss FM up on FM. No, you're yeah. not old enough. You did? Uh, no, I am old enough. Don't let this fool you. I'm, I'm, I won't. We well, had uh, that's because we, we were pumping out 1.2 million watts. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're huge. like Lemmy, louder than anyone else. <laughs> Miles, I want to shift gears a little bit and ask you about something uh, uh, I'm very interested to hear about. So you said last week that you went to a conference, uh, like a trade fair, that was held at UK's Area 51. Now, is that in Farnborough? Yeah, Farnborough is the big uh, ET base 
for the UK. Uh, and there's a brilliant woman called uh, oh, Porter. Jesus. Um, Hillary Porter. Now, she reported this years ago. She actually worked in Marconi Defense way back in the, this is April 1974. Marconi Ooh. Defense uh, uh, had, had their factory there. And she went into work one morning, and this is her personal story directly from the inside of Marconi Defense, which then became Marconi Space Systems and all sorts of things, and then became Connecticut and DARPA and all that sort of stuff. But that's the, this is at the Farnborough site. And she reported that she uh, was relatively junior in the in that in in the in the company, and but her main thing was that she could go from department to department because at that time everything was on drawings. Okay, so, so everything was big, big a a drawings. So uh, she would be able to be seen in other parts of the factory, or other parts of the of the of the research labs, and uh, that's what that, that's that's how she knows this because she wasn't. Um, anyway, the point was she goes to work. The there's no security. Security guards are walking around, shaking their heads, saying, "What the hell are we here for?" There is a real something really shocking had happened. And what had happened was um, a bunch of aliens had got their way into the central drawing office stores. That's the, where they kept all their classified material. And they were just having a look around. And so we doing, saw these doing whatever they wanted. They were looking at everything uh, that, uh, that Marconi had that was classified and just doing whatever they wanted to do. And the security guards came and saw this and they freaked themselves. They absolutely had total, total shock. And that's why they imagine. all just gave up. What's the point? Literally, yeah. what can we do? about this and they didn't know what to do and they were completely freaked out. The government sent various officials there. Um, Hillary overheard the man who ran the company at that time and he was explaining to somebody at the other end of the phone, how can we stop this? We can do nothing about this. About now, the from aliens. that moment on, mm -hmm. that site became ET compromised. There were more and more um, uh, events happening there. Uh, people were seeing things, uh, big men in black and robot type aliens and other types just walking about in their gardens. And uh, But the crucial thing about Marconi Defense uh, there, when it, it then became DARPA, the Defensive uh, Advanced Research Program. And this is also the place where Concord was developed. It was the place where Britain had its big uh, uh, wind tunnel which is now a national treasure because that's how they designed all sorts of things in war. This is one of the most crucial areas of, of, of Britain. Uh, and it's got, um, so, so what Hillary has reported is that there have been craft coming in. One was a huge thousand feet wide Manta triangular craft uh, okay. triangle. And it flew low over the surrounding towns like, um, uh, uh, just around, this is between the M3 and the M4, just west of London. 
And did, did Hillary see this? Like, did she capture it? Or, she like, didn't, she didn't see that, but she's got reports of yeah. this stuff happening all around her. And she's compiled an awful lot of material on this. She's uh, works or her little organization is called Beams, the British Earth and Aerial Mystery Society. And that society has had access to very classified and important uh, major UFO events in the British Isles over the last 30, 40, 50 years. Unlike the British UFO Research Association and the other sort of established UFO groups, probably one of the other best groups was Roy Lake's London UFO Studies. And that's where I met um, this guy called Barry King. And Barry King was talking about um, uh, bases just east, just west of Farnborough on the M4, that, that area where they made uh, what we were making aliens. Well, we were creating them. We're creating them. Yeah. Made under license, under supervision with reptilians, several other countries' military. So we were making these, uh, what they call program-generated life forms. Then they they evolved onto what they call uh, non-human cyborg units. And my information is down at Port and Down, which is another major base, uh, was that they were making these uh, creatures which have got the sort of intelligence of a 10-year-old child. And we were making them for, quote, the lunar base, Britain's lunar base. So this is Project Mannequin. Project Mannequin and Puppet Master are all the aspects of what was going on in a place called Peasmore. And Duncan Davis, James Casbolt, and another guy called Sahail actually found Peasmore in 2007. Uh, they were greeted with a TR-3B, uh, which what, sort of the, said hi. What's the TR-3B, and, Miles? Uh, TR-3B's uh, one of the old, um, I understand it ran on Mercury drive engines, the Mercury engine, which was developed like the Glock by the Nazis in World War II. Oh, wow. So it sounds robot? like a David Bowie song. <laughs> that is why David Bowie said some of those songs, because his daughter... Uh, mentioned stuff like that he was talking spiders from mars he and was. the anachronists the, the arachnids and mars yeah. so in peasmore you mentioned that there's a secret underground base there and this and this is where they're producing these programmable generated life forms peasmore was just the labs where they did uh some of these developments of the program generated life forms which they got from germany because the, the what at the closeout of World War II in Europe, found a German lab where they had, quote, strange-looking humans and a strange-looking aircraft. And that's, he then fell sick. The Americans came in, took that, and that is where the first transgenic, physically different, but probably developed with human DNA. One of the, one of the problems about being an alien is you're from a different space time. You're from a different dimension. So what they need to do is they need to need a human 3D derived DNA piece of wetware because that's what we're called. We're wetware, and then they dump wetware. they dump okay. uh, they dump the energy of uh, of or the soul, if you want, uh, to of uh, of a human or of a reptilian or whatever into the human bioframe, and that's what we've been doing in certain rehabilitation houses in Wiltshire. Now, is this what you're saying, that this is a predator species that's masking its presence in human forms? 
it's 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 whatever strategically works out for that particular aliens politics. And one of the one of the things which sold this to me was the way that the aliens, all the various countries involved with their seat with with the, could be Russians, German, Australians, C- Canadians, they're all backstabbing each other. They sound like that's humans. one of the things that actually made this thing true. They're all stabbing each other in the back. They're all double-crossing each other and screwing each other and each department over, which is what they're doing with these different... The, the, the main reason for the program generator life forms was to work on the uh, non-terrestrial bases, notably, as I, I would quote, the, the lunar base, Britain's lunar base. And so they're creating hybrid humans to go work at this lunar base, essentially. Yeah. Interesting. And they take about three months. They take about three months to, to to gestate, and this is identical. Well, I don't like saying identical, but it's very, very similar to the whole stuff that was been going on at Dulce. At Dulce base, I was going to bring that up because so I had read that James Casbolt, who was a former, apparently, uh, British MI6 agent. He said that beneath Parliament in no, the West... No, no, his father was MI6. His father was MI6. Oh, okay. Just like Simon Parks' father, mother, mother, father, MI5, MI6, and so forth. And so then Casbolt kind of was brought in the program much like Max Spears and became kind of psychic Max, see, what they do is... Uh, Max, um, what they do is... And this goes back to the Spartans. This goes back to ancient Greece. In order to get the right people that they want, and in order to also program the the children, is that um, at some point one of the other children has to be killed. So what will happen is two of them would be chosen, and they, they would be told, "Right, you've got to kill the other guy." So one of them would have to kill the child, and that would traumatize the rest of them. And then that that also shows who's going to be strongest. So at the end of this process, these children are taught, like the Spartans, uh, because that's how they were. Uh, the, 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 the Spartan ch- child would be left out in in the in the bad weather or the snow, and if it survived, it'd be it would be good enough to join the Spartan army. But if it didn't, well, it's not strong enough. And so this pro- this program here. That, that, that they're training the children to be, uh, I guess, enhanced soldiers. Is this being done by the NSA and the MI6? Like the British government working no, with the NSA? No, you've got to be careful about it. MI5 is domestic intelligence. MI6 is uh, foreign intelligence. Really, it's the secret intelligence. But these are all compromised and basically captured agencies mm. by the Rothschilds and all those um, various yeah. families which operated under under the the various levels. Yeah. And that's one of the things, for instance, that Max was able to refer to in the second Channel 4 program that was done. The uh, The first Channel 4 program was done uh, with um, Joanne, Simon Parks, Marie Kayali, and um, uh, Sabrina Piper. What's her name? Yeah. So that that was the confessions of an an alien abduct um uh alien abductee, hmm. which basically was a was a thing which has now been re released on on Netflix. Uh, about two years after that, I was asked to take part in and help with a with a program called the Great UFO Conspiracy, and that is where uh, we I brought in Max. Max was interviewed, and I was interviewed outside the uh, you know in the River Thames 
And this is where the concept of the sentient fluid was introduced. And it's also uh, the, for the first time on any television program, Max Spears was able to talk about the Rothschilds, the Pindar, and lots of the inner deep secrets of the controlling families of how we are being farmed. And that had never happened before. And shortly after that show went on air, Max was to uh, come here and we were meant to do a series of further interviews. And um, we were disrupted to doing that. And then we went to Poland and Max was then assassinated. Yeah, and that's I was gonna get to that. So Max Spears um, studied UFOs. He was also a conspiracy theorist. And he started exposing a lot of these cover-ups, and then all of a sudden he died. They they claim that he died of an overdose, but no, you claim that it was an Max assassination. Was, Max was uh, in public school. His mother uh, brought him to these programs uh, in, um, in 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 the super the so-called super soldier program. Now the super soldier program was flawed because the quote recipe of or shall we say the training me mechanism of what they did to the super soldiers here in, in England. They were trained at Burnworthy Manor down in the Taunton Black Hills. Mm. Uh, and uh, and a lot of the people we know uh, were all trained there. Um, and the, uh, where are we now? We are with them. So the point was that Max and James, James was commander in charge of Max when there was a mass check out of people at a super soldier summit in 2013 in Henderson, where everybody, including people like Kerry Cassie and myself, all the guests of that conference, which wasn't a lot, was really just uh, not a huge number of people there. They were all taken by special forces at the hotel and checked out. Uh, basic medical procedures were done to them. And the people who were running that particular episode was James Casbolt, with Max giving the giving commands to the other people to comply, and that involved U.S. military assets and James Casbolt, who was brought from the U.K. to join the U.S. Army at a crucial time before he hit, I think, thirty-nine, and then he carried out a number of things there. And shortly after that, he had a child, which was formally uh, formally registered as having been born at. Dulce. Oh, so his child was actually born at Dulce Base. Yeah, uh, technically speaking. So is now this child... also involves Canada. It involves the Nazis in Canada, where a lot of these children were brought to, to Canada, um, and uh, they were in uh, sort of like an aircraft hangar, mm -hmm. where they were uh, involved with training, which involved the Fourth Reich forces. Where's this child now? Like, is this child still at Dulce, or is he? No, 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 no. That's now a, that's now subject to. We can't talk about that because this is a young person's life. James okay. Casbolt and his wife, they, they were split up. Things went very bad. James was separated. The child is with his mother with and mother. whatever's happened okay. to that, I, we can't speak about because it's somebody else's. But that's, that's known in the public domain. You know, okay? I also read about James Casbolt that he was arrested and sentenced to 12 years in prison for posting James, revenge porn. James was present at some of the most important procedures and ceremonies whilst he was in the United States. Uh, and he'd been going with this particular individual for quite some time mm -hmm. before they actually formally married. And um, that whole situation collapsed and broke up. James was left standing. 
on an airport. I believe it was Dallas, Fort Worth. It could have been one of them. And he was basically told, right, we're going back to California. You, you, you bugger off. It, so wait, then when did he go to prison? So he came, he, he came back to Britain. He was brought back to Britain by his mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically he'd fathered a child. He'd uh, fathered it up to, I think, a period of about one and a half years, approximately. Mm-hmm. And uh, then thrown out of the country. But, but but what happened with uh, him being sentenced to twelve years in prison? Did did that? Well, what happened was he got pissed off. Uh, he'd been in he'd been married into one of the richest, I think, fortieth richest family yeah, in family. I've heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and uh, he was then chucked out. Yeah, I believe personally it could have been handled differently, but that's mm. up to them. So Casbolt was back in Britain. He was uh, I I was able to interview him about his life with Kathy Morgan. And we went into an awful lot of detail about this. He then decided that he was, he, my understanding is that Casbolt was assigned to go into the deep dark of the bad. So essentially he adopted a form of behavior of basically walking up to a police station and throwing a brick into the window until they arrested him. Whoa. Uh, He, you know, technically, I, I mean, that's, metaphorically speaking. Mm-hmm. So James and I went to see him just before he was about to go um, into court. And his focus was to save the children. That because all those trained. children involved with yeah. these programs, most of them have died. There are very, very few left. And um, that's an awful lot of children in a very dirty program, which went wrong. And James was then sentenced. He was picked up on a drugs charge because he had some cannabis on him. He was then charged with stalking a local, I think, of sports lady. Uh, and uh, so he's forbidden to ever go back into his hometown of um, South in Southwest Southwest Cornwall, which the names escape me right now. Um, and um, I was with him in jail here. And not too far away, uh, a few days before his alleged release, that never happened. He's he's now disappeared and nobody's heard from him since. Okay, but but you don't know. He's still living, though, unlike Max Spears. Nobody knows. Nobody's alive. We don't even know what happened. Home Secretary Pretty Patel, I understand, the former Home Secretary, Mm. banned him from any contact with anybody involving the Basis Project or anything to do with the Internet or on social media. I see. Yeah, I would like to know more about uh, Max Spears, because you were with him in Poland when he died. Yes, the whole point about Max was that he had gone through uh, a ritual with the Archbishop of Canterbury when he was a much younger man with Mm -hmm. Orlando Bloom in in Canterbury Cathedral. Uh, this was ritual? a ritual which uh, has been very detailed, uh, ex- explained very detailed by uh, a, vid- a series of about six videos done with Tim Fat and Duncan Davis when Duncan Davis visited Tim Fat in Vietnam. And that explains the various terms and very detailed and important aspects of what that ritual was all about all those years ago. What, what was the ritual? Like, what did they do? Uh, well, essentially... Um, it was a ritual in which Max came out. Um, I mean, you're dealing with Katy Perry here. We're dealing with some of the major pop, pop uh, Illuminati queens of the A-listers. Miley Cyrus? 
and um, <clears throat> there were c connections there. Uh, Max essentially was see one of the, Max essentially came out on the side which involved him not being trained about how to survive death. Okay. okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Orlando came out as getting getting the benefits of being highly successful in show business and acting and whatever. Pirates of the Caribbean. Right. So the point was that um, in this climate of Max just having appeared and being shot on the um, this TV, this second major documentary, uh, uh, the Great UFO Conspiracy and being able to talk about the Rothschilds and being able to talk about the Pindar, which is what um, uh, James Casbolt's father-in-law was. Okay. Is the Pindar an alien species? The Pindar is the human 3D. In My understanding is that the Pindar is the 3D human that interfaces with the oh. non-3D. You can't see them. Oh, One of the okay, things that, that Max sense. would refer to, yeah. if you can see them, they're not the real deal. There are others higher than that. He exposed a lot of this, a lot of this governmental yes. cover up. And, and they all didn't that. like that. And now, the point and they was took that... him out. Is that what you're saying? Like you said, I read that uh, he vomited black liquid. He was telling everybody about all of what was going on. But whilst he was doing that, they were accessing him through his back door and they got him. And they, they, that's they... why he said, if I die, but he knew he'd got, he, he knew he was in trouble. And so they say the media, mainstream media, say he he t he died from a drug overdose, which you know no, could no, happen. No, no. What what happens with these things is okay. So getting down to the the chase, um, I was I was lecturing at uh, Kerry Cassidy's conference on a Saturday, mm -hmm. the day he it was announced he died. I was phoned to give uh, Madeline phoned me, and um, another one of the other two ladies gave me a call while I was talking at Kerry Cassie's conference in West London. And I got two messages just saying Max is dead. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now what happened was that um, I phoned the Polish. They were in a hell of a state. They were panicking like hell because they, their asset as it subsequently found out, been, yeah, the asset they'd worked so hard to get ready for delivery They'd lost it at the last minute. They they lost it. They blew but it. But you have a situation where Max is vomiting a black fluid profusely, and there is no medical attention applied to this situation. They never did a postmortem, right? No, you can't do. No, Very suspicious. The, the the hours which led up to his final death was that he was vomiting a black fluid, which could be internal hemorrhaging. Mm. Uh, Karen Lee Perrin explained to me that there is a very, very uh, strong uh, rat poison available in, in Poland and countries like that. If you take any of that, you, you necrify. It, it's the, the, what, you, what leaves you is extremely dead uh, black blood, yeah, like which is dead. You know, it's, it's chronic tissue. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's what he was throwing up, and at that point, uh, there was no attempt to get uh, any medical help. Now, before it, before he actually had finally died, they did get a a. They got an ambulance. The Polish police officer who wanted to visited 
and um, ascertained that there, there was a problem. He was to die after all this. He disappeared after all this, but they would not bring him to hospital. They would not give Max medical help. Where did they take him then? Well, he died on the sofa. Oh, wow. It, it, there was a girl involved too, wasn't Didn't he have another? Yeah, so this is, this is Monica Duval. He died on Monica Duval's sofa mm-hmm. and he uh, was in her house and uh, he she had been taking care of him. But if you've got somebody throwing up black stuff and you spend hours not getting the medical attention, mm-hmm. you, in my opinion, you're, you're well, she might be a the point was the point was that this involves other elements which I do not want to talk about. And I've actually mentioned their names in this conversation. What happened was Max had died, he'd passed over. They did certain procedures which will which were able to get them to go to the other side. I'm going to use very simple terms. Mm-hmm. They had to ask permission on the other side, can they retrieve Max and bring him back? Um, and we, there were certain situations involving the Knights Templar on the other side. This, Max this all... had come back okay. and he was standing beside his body and saw what was going on and he decided to not enter his body. But to, he, so he, he then made a decision, like, I'm, I'm not, not going to join this there. party. I don't blame him. Yeah. I don't blame him. Question, this would the, have been the second time. The people who are doing this, so Max believed that there are ministers of black magic controlled by the New World Order, the NWO, and that many of the world's most foremost political figures, like the Bush family, uh, the Clintons, who, and uh, King Charles even, are, are the reptilian. Royal mm-hmm. Yeah, are, and the Rothschilds are reptilian. Do you agree with this? Do you think King Charles might be a reptilian? Um. I'm sure, I'm sure Prince Charles has got a lot on his plate right now. I'm not going to comment whether he's a reptilian or not. <laughs> but if I mean, you this want to theory... talk to David Icke or not? There are very, very, <laughs> there are very, very detailed <laughs> things about why Her Majesty died at the time she has died. Her, we're talking on this conversation. She's getting buried in a few hours' time. A few hours, yes. Uh, there's well, more. a cause of death still hasn't been released, and nobody's even confirmed if she's been embalmed or not, which I find very, uh, very suspect. Well, that's all. This the, the uh, I mean, I I I, I can't uh, give any detailed. I can only have supposition and opinion on that, and I don't think it's worth me talking about it. Yeah, oh, no. it's interesting. We can talk about it, but I mean, I I wouldn't have any. Yeah. Thing I I know as by just I mean Tim Reefat might know a little bit more about that. Okay. Hmm. But you know what? Uh, oh, Dun- a- Duncan Davis would certainly know about that. The there was a procedure. My understanding is that there was a procedure, which was conducted, which would prevent the entity, which hosts, into the queen or king. Mm. And that host has to jump into another uh, physical body within a certain time period. And that Prince was Andrew. not able to be performed. Okay. Oh, so you don't know if that actually happened or not? I have no clue. We don't even know. <laughs> that reminds well, me of you know, I wasn't, I wasn't there. I haven't been in the palace recently, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I might watch the, uh, the the funeral tonight, though. So uh, we got to wrap up. I know we've been chatting with you for quite a while. It's been been fascinating, uh, Miles. Last question here. So, with your connection 
to Spears and to Casbold and the the extent of knowledge that you're privy to, are you concerned about your own welfare? Are you concerned I you might get Well, get when, taken Max, out? when I blew the whistle on Max, there have been a number of assassination attempts on myself. Uh, I'd even reached Simon Parks and MI5. I was poisoned on a plane in, um, in Dublin. Hmm. where uh, you got to be wary of old ladies in Ireland because they're often ex-nuns nuns and their agents. Mm-hmm. And there were two of these old grannies sitting beside me. I'd been upgraded to first class on an Aer Lingus flight from London. And still yeah. got poisoned. What, what when somebody do? upgrades your seat, be suspicious. You know, miss the flight. <laughs> anyway, there was a there was a, a piece of luggage which had been stored in the overhead locker, which prevented me from getting access to my laptop. I noticed my laptop had already been accessed because it was locked in a particular way, which is actually a, quite a good idea. Mm-hmm. But I knew somebody had been working on my laptop. I had to lift this this uh, small makeup or small vanity box. Uh, uh, off and the only way for me to get at it was to grab it with both hands the lady concerned wanted to get access to it as a young man immediately just slapped her heart hard her hand down don't touch it he then took it very carefully with the with the handle at the top i touched both sides 36 hours later i'm getting poisoned i've got a like all the stuff migrating up my hands mm-hmm. like a million like like a millions of ants just crawling up under my skin uh, I went to the doctor. I knew, just get to hell, I was reacting to something. I went to a doctor. He sort of took a look at look at me and said, well, we've seen that before. If it goes to your throat, go to emergency, just in case you know, it throt- throttles me. So then uh, uh, one of the other people, a brilliant guy, did a brilliant film, um, uh, Oliver Marshall in the United States, a British director was living in the United States. And uh, he made a really good film, first proper film called Street Eyes. He warns me that the Temple of Set in California was out to destroy me personally and destroy everything I'd done. Why the Temple of Set? They're in San Jose, aren't they? Yeah, this is not the same Temple of Set that uh, Aquino or Aquino was involved with. But why why would they be after you? Because they were pissed off. I'd find out that Max was murdered. And that made a lot of people mad as hell. So I imagine the the whole Illuminati. There were uh, another attempt uh, of of an individual who um, uh, came here. She she was um, attempting to, and they were using a lot of this as black magic and stuff. They were using using on me. So uh, they've been trying to get rid of me since I've been born. So I'm still here. Yeah, it sounds like you're Long quite resilient. You what what about like do any of the like reptilians or the greys or any of these aliens try to take you out? or assassinate you? Are you concerned about that? Well, the only people who tried to take me out recently was um, when they did a, they tried to do a soul soul boxing thing. This is when they extract you out of your body and then stick you in a box, soul box. That happened to you. That was pretty, that that, that was an attempt here, uh, not, not, not about 18 months ago. I've had my, I've had my good name be smirched. Sullied. Well, Uh, D knows what that feels like. Oh my god. I've done the eye thing. Netflix did that to me. Let me get a frame grab of that. (laughs) Well, Miles, um, thanks thanks for chatting with us. And people, if you want to learn more about the Bases Project, go to uh, thebasesproject.org. There's a lot of information, a lot of videos there. I was watching a bunch of these videos. That's how I Well, I've just received another strike on uh, my backup channel, but the Bases Project censored on YouTube. Hmm. And also they've got the bases, you've got bases restricted, which is uh, 
has a, a lot of videos bubbling in underneath that. And I've got two strikes on a sort of a channel I had I have called Stepping Stones to Awareness. So uh, and my main my main uh, YouTube site was wiped out a oh, week a week two weeks excuse me my main YouTube channel was wiped out in July, twenty twenty one. Susan is a hundred percent the CEO of YouTube, a hundred percent an even evil reptile. Oh, I, I think she's, yeah. a, she's I think terrible. she's being operated by a scuttler, if you ask me. They came after us. We've had multiple strikes. I've had to fight with them tooth and nail. Well, they're they have strategically engineered themselves into a military target now. So um, you know, the shit if the shit hits the fan, um I, I think I'd be very nervous if I'm uh, a Google or um, YouTube employee, because what they've been doing, Lord Haw Haw got strung up. Mm -hmm. He did. He did. And just, for... you know, following orders and uh, doing what you're doing uh, doesn't get you, uh, you know, just saying following orders isn't good enough. They've been warned enough and, well, we'll see. My question is who's giving the orders? Miles, thanks for chatting with us. And uh, I hope you live long and prosper. Well, that was a quick 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Okay, bye. Thank you, Miles. Bye. We totally have to have Miles back on the show. Yes, there's loads I want to talk to him. I think we can make it a kind of like regular thing, because especially because there's just so much we had to leave out on this interview. You can listen to the whole thing on the Patreon, and well, you'll see why. Yeah, he's cool. I mean, he's a he's a great radio personality. A bit long winded. That that's one of the things. I mean, uh, you know. This this was like I only aired like half the interview. We talked to him for almost two hours. It flew by those two hours, though. I must say, when when we got to the end, I was like, I still have so many questions for you, Miles. There's just so much I want to ask you. I ended up editing out the portion on the Scuttler creatures because it just would have made the show too long. Um, but those are like yeah. those spider-like alien creatures that you can see from your peripheral vision. Peripheral. Yeah. And I may have seen one of them when I was a child. Maybe in your wait, like a you saw a scuttler in your room. I was playing like I was playing in my room. I vividly remember this to this day, and it's not just like spiders I've seen. I've also seen like huge wasps in my room. But I did grow up in a very old Victorian house, though, so maybe it was fucking haunted. Who knows? But out the corner of my eye, I swear, I swear down that I saw a huge tarantula, like, like a when proper you say huge, tarantula. Like, how big? like, are you saying like, like a foot? Like a no, not a spider. Foot. Oh my god, no, no! Like just a fat tarantula. But the second I like moved my head to look at it, it was gone. And then I've also seen huge wasps in that room, and I've heard the wasps. But then when I've gone to go and get them, they're never there. I did have a very overactive imagination as a child, so it could be that. What were you smoking back then? I was just high on life, baby, <laughs> high on life. <laughs> oh no, too much marmite or something. Anyway, <laughs> I played the entire unedited interview on, on that Patreon. I'm posting the whole thing. It's, it's two hours. I'm sure there's going to be some brave listeners that can listen to the whole thing. But the guy's fascinating. Um, I do want to have Miles back on the show sometime. Um, yeah. At least from time to time. I think he's, uh, he, he's interesting. But if, if, if he's you busy. do have the wherewithal to check it out, you know, Miles has some thought-provoking theories. That's for sure. Anyway, people, it's episode 871 here of uh, Sick and Wrong. Got some phone calls coming up next, 323-522-4032, right after this brief message from Adam and Eve. Hey, guys. It's me, Stephen. I'm a huge fan of your show. 
thanks to your awesome coupon code, Diddle, I can buy myself loads of good sex toys. Since both of my wives died, and my Logaric's disease got pretty bad, let's just say things in the bedroom got pretty boring. But thanks to adamandeve.com and coupon code Diddle, D-I-D-D-L-E. I am now a new man. Thanks. You're charging power victory. And all your food of energy. Okay, Rambo, we have a couple phone calls to get through here. 323-522-4032 is that number. Um, or you can email us, sickandrunpodcast at uh, gmail.com. We do need more phone calls. I'm trying to build up our backlog. So, uh, call we're running us. A, Let we're us running a little low. On. We are. Yeah. So uh, definitely give us a call, 323-522-4032. Um, it's been a while since we played a good old-fashioned shit story. I couldn't even tell you the last time we did a shit story. Well, there's a little bit of a twist with this one. This is a Scottish shit story. <gasps> even better. Glasgow it's Greg. It's a jobby. Glasgow Greg. <laughs> Here he is. You might have to translate this one for me. Okay. Hi, Kitten D. Hi, second round crew. This is Glasgow Greg. Call I'm from. Home. Right. Got a good shit story for you, man. I'm sending you some calls on for the bank here. This is a All right. I got a good shit story for you, man. What do you say after yeah. that? Uh, he's like, I'm bringing them in for like the bank, you know, so you can. Oh, okay. 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 So yeah. yeah thank you. Glasgow Greg. He's, he's doing yeah. it for the backlog, for the, the bank, the sperm bank of sick and wrong drunk dial calls. Shit story because it's simple. I was driving down a fucking country lane, man. Going to a forestry area right up in the hills in Scotland and I was absolutely begging for a fucking shite man, a big jobby, right? All right. He was driving down a forested area. And <laughs> yes. He really had to shit. Yeah. Is that, is that what's going on here? Well, what's funny is uh, we were talking about you getting a personalized license plate, and one of the things I suggested to you was jobby. Because jobby is a slang in Scotland for shit. Oh, so if jobby. you say I want a big jobby, you're gonna have a big shit. That's okay. That's what I was stumbling over. Jobby. Um, he, had a, he has a big jobby he needs to make. Yes. Is that how you use that term? Like I gotta make a jobby. I got to make a jobby. Yeah, but in Ouija. Okay. <laughs> All right. And uh, single track road. There's nobody around, man. I'm like fuck it, just jump out, man. You have to pull the fucking jeans down, and there's like a space at the side of the truck where. At the trailer, man, with a crank on it, man. Grab it. All right, now I'm confused. He pulls over the side of the road. He gets on the trailer of his truck, and he decides to drop the jobby on the trailer. There's a space in between the truck and the trailer, in it, And so he's, like, crouched down, but he's holding on to, like, the trailer for leverage, I guess, <laughs> to help, <laughs> him, squeeze, to help just... him squeeze the jobby out. The car, okay. The truck is stationary. Right, it's not Yeah, moving. he's parked up. Okay. Yeah. He, but why not just go behind a tree? Uh, I probably thought this is better. Maybe there was... Right, you know, in the Highlands, I say this to everyone all the time, people think the Highlands are, like, full of lush, green forests. They're not. 
The Highlands are pretty fucking barren when you get up to them and it's just like nothing. There's lots of nothing. If you want lush green trees, you come to the Lake District, okay? You okay. don't go to the Highlands. But isn't there like a boulder or something you could sit behind and crop Nah, mate, there's, there's like nothing. Although it's nighttime, so who really cares? And yeah. he's in a single lane. But he's being nice. He's just going okay. to do it in the road. I would like just be animal. worried it would get on my truck and then I'd have to clean it off. Who cares about your truck? I guess this is, does he own the truck or does he rent the truck? Probably, like, yeah, he probably drives it for a company. It's probably yeah. not his. Then shit on the truck. Fuck it. <laughs> Grab my crank. There's a guard, there's a crank on the fucking truck to wind up the legs. I thought, oh. well, it's jammed in there, man. It's on its latch. I'll hold on to that and have a fucking shit. You know what I mean? So I'm crouching down and holding on to that for balance. And I'm having a shit, <laughs> I'm having a shit, man. And I'm like, oh, it's fucking great. You know, the legs are shaking, almost orgasmic. And the fucking, the crank that I'm holding on to, man, it slips in the fucking, the, like, the big grip it's got. And I fucking have... All right, all right. He's having an orgasm while he's taking this shit. <laughs> and... No, he's enjoying his shit. <laughs> no, it's Remember a very satisfying. It's a satisfying it's, it's a shit. Thing. Yes, it's a... he's enjoying it. Yeah, okay, he's enjoying it. He's holding on. Some, wait, someone grabbed his crank. Is that what he's saying? <laughs> yeah, this is turning into a, um, a, what, an Essexville schools um, fucking story grab now. Crank. You grab my crank. No, he's holding on to the crank that attaches the trailer to the oh, truck. to the truck. Okay, he's holding on that for leverage. Ass hanging out on the side, and he's just Having you know, a great fucking that, shit, that yeah. Shit. Like, because okay. sometimes when you have a shit, it makes you really horny. Because you've just had a great shit. He's dropping a deuce. Dropping. I scared and fall. I hold up this thing. I bang my head off the side of the truck. I slide on one shit. And it goes, <laughs> it goes right from my fucking, the back of my ankle, man, right up the back of my thigh to the top of my, my fucking ass. Uh, it was fucking disgusting, man. Uh, uh, gladly there's nobody about it. It's the middle of fucking nowhere like, Okay, okay. You gotta translate this for me. Let's see, let me tell me if I'm if I'm hearing this properly. So he's holding on to the crank, squeezing out this shit, and then he slips, loses his uh his grip, and he falls into the shit that he just made and it's it left a streak, a, like an oil slick right up like from his ankle all the way up to his thigh. Yeah, it basically sounds like the shit's trying to get back inside of him. <laughs> Disgusting. But he fell into the shit, which has, I mean, it's got to be difficult to balance because he's probably got his pants pulled down, you know, yeah. so he's like probably lost his footing and he fell into the shit. And then what do you do at this point? Oh, this is the point where you realize that we are all just animals. You would think he would have a change of clothes in his truck. I would like. I would scoot. just abandon those jeans. I would scoot on like a like a dog on wet grass, just wiping <laughs> off my. That's ass. a good idea, actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, if this is winter time, I suppose you could use the snow to clean yourself off. But there's nothing in the Highlands. They're barren. Hmm. I pull off my clothes. <laughs> I wait to my fucking. I wait to shut off myself when I right up my fucking leg. I was shouting about kicking things with absolute rage. I just threw my fucking clothes at the side of this fucking road, man, all covered shit in shit. Tantrum. And fucking drove away. It was filthy, man. And it smelled bad. You know, like, you know what truckers eat? Cheeseburgers and fucking beer. Anyway, listen, D and Kate, you're talking about coming to Glasgow. 
you've got to tell me you're coming so I can shift stuff about, man. And uh, if you need to enhance your visit to Glasgow, you know what I mean? You just give me a shout, man, and we can fucking sort that shit out. And I'm looking forward to fucking coming having a pint, man. So keep it sound, keep it wrong, suck my fucking dong like my balls. Keep it sick, keep it wrong, suck my fucking dong. I like that. It's the, it's the new motto. Um, we, I must have had this call for a while, actually. Cause, Before the meetup. But we should yeah. go back to Glasgow and we should go for like um, uh, like a knees up, an afternoon knees up at Glasgow Greg's. I would totally do. I, I really like Glasgow, actually. I enjoy Scotland. I think, you know, I got to say, I kind of like uh, Glasgow a bit more than Carlisle. Hope that's uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> me too, mate. You're not the only one. <laughs> but I had a blast that whole weekend. God, we got so drunk. So drunk. Yeah, well, we should definitely go back to Glasgow. I love it. It was just there. a good time. It's, a, it's, yeah, that was, that was, that was a good time, and it was great hanging out with uh, Glasgow Greg and and the cripple. That oh was, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, you was... two just disappearing into the toilets together. You free, you cripple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a love triangle going on there, involving <laughs> Ching. Anyway, it was a good time, and I'll definitely be back, Glasgow Greg. Had a blast hanging out with you, um, but I. Uh, yeah, I think you need to like find more rest stops. Are there rest stops? Do they have rest stops on uh on Yeah, Scotland I, I say this all the time. Don't you talk to me, a British person, about bathrooms because we are the kings of toilets here. We know how to build a bathroom and we know how to build a bathroom at fifty paces. You fuckers don't. You fuckers don't care how people urinate. We do over here. Well, we don't need to. We just take a Walmart bag. Like Trucker Paul used to just shit in the Walmart bag while driving and then just chuck it out the window at a Prius. Yeah, that's that's we have like, you know, some level of respect over <laughs> for here Prius for Prius drivers and our bodily yeah, functions. Right. <laughs> no, well, no, we, Prius doesn't even exist over here. That's how lame they are. <laughs> do, do you guys have Teslas? I imagine so, but they're still pretty few and far between. I'd never seen a Prius until I came over to L.A. and that's the first time I ever saw one. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, the new Prius, actually, that's coming out that's full electric. This thing, uh, this thing's a beast. Is it? How much yeah. do they cost, though? I'm not sure. Priuses are expensive, especially now. But yeah. I bet you in, like, 10 years or something, it'll probably be cheaper. Anyway, good to hear from you, Glasgow Greg, and uh, thanks for the call. Um, legend. I got this next call. I don't know why I named it this. I must have listened to it. It's been, it's been in the backlog for a bit. Um, ghost of Rutger Hauer. I'm thinking, in, I'm thinking this might, this guy might sound a lot like Rutger Hauer. I want to just say thank you, Rutger Hauer, for The Hitcher, which is one of the greatest uh, and scariest films. It's a good film. It's a really good film. Anyway, here's film. the ghost of Rutger Hauer. Not sure why I called it that. <laughs> Please leave a message for the second round podcast. I have never rang this number before. I used to always do the voice messages because Kate Rambo was like, send them to me, Kiki. Send them to me, Kiki. Oh, wait, this is that's Kiki. This is Kiki. And also, that's not true. Kiki would just send me the voicemails and then I would forward them to you. Do you think Kiki sounds like Rucker Hauer? No, and I think you must have been smoking some sherm. I, I think I was definitely hitting the sherm when I named this uh, this MP3 file here. Anyway, 
It's Kiki. I have no idea why I'm ringing, but what I will say is, I have been listening to you that. I have had a dead dog in my back garden for the last fucking four weeks. This isn't a story that the last three minutes. I've no point to this conversation, but what I would like to know is, does this actually go anywhere? Like none of his calls ever go anywhere. That's why I'm I'm like resorting to playing calls from Kiki because we've our 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 supply has dwindled so much. You, I love the fact he's like, oh, I've had a, I've got a dead dog in the backyard, but that's beside the point. Like, wh- why is the dog still dead in your backyard four weeks later? Why has this dog not been like you know sent away to be cremated or autopsied whose dog is what are you leaving it to rot is it in a chest freezer like so many questions i must ask about this fucking dog well is it your dog did you kill the dog why is the dog dead yeah there's a lot of questions there and he just are you gonna eat it it. i know this is rural ireland and like are you gonna put it in a stew is that what is that the next step for this month is it kiki a dag Dag. do you like dogs d I fucking phone this number. Does it go anywhere? Because I'm a funny feeling. You are topping up fucking coins on this number. The coins are like going ding 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 and topping it up, and you're getting money out of it. Deep wishes. Two euro, two pound, fucking wank all over the wank. But, uh, yeah, I'm a serious man, and I just want to say your show is great. I do enjoy listening to D now, even though Kate has been fucked on Facebook. <laughs> Facebook is fucked. I like the dramatic pause there. Kate has been fucked by I Facebook. I was waiting. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for the by a Jew, but <laughs> Facebook is much less offensive. Well, Mark Zuckerberg's Jewish. Um, did oh, well, uh, yeah, so technically I've been yeah, fucked twice by Jews. Yeah, by a couple of Jews, <laughs> not necessarily at the same time. Um, no. Wait, what? Have, you're back on Facebook though, right? I did return to Facebook. Yes, uh, and my you account did... got deleted. It was just a meme. It was just a meme. Well, the child porn that you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to post child porn. I hope you learned your lesson. It was it was um, just a meme, and yes, I have learned my lesson. I'm barely posting memes at all anymore because it was just a meme. But they're going to come for me, and they're going to delete this account. I'm not a huge fan of Facebook. Not a big uh, supporter of Mark Zuckerberg. However, I do agree that people shouldn't be posting child porn memes. on the internet. Um, it's a meme, and so if you maybe... sign up to the Patreon, you can see exactly what meme it was. It's an inoffensive meme. We don't post child porn to the Patreon either. <laughs> However, uh, Kate Rambo does post memes from time to time. And also, this meme was provided to me by a longtime listener, Stuart. So thank you, Stuart, who has also been um, told off by Facebook on numerous occasions. I don't trust Stuart's memes either. It was just a meme. Yeah, imagine Facebook's going, ooh, you're married to D. Simon now, are you? Ooh. My name is Mark Zuckerberg, and I'm gonna fuck you. What's happening? Fucking gay. What is he doing? Holding her back, holding her fucking hair back. And he's like, going, I'm a Jew. I count money. I don't know what to do. 
Yeah, sign on to the Patreon. This has become very anti-Semitic. Yeah. It's yeah. become very anti-Semitic. And I also think, is he fantasizing about like a menage a trois with me, Zuckerberg, and you? That's the way it sounds like right now. Sounds like Kiki's wet dream here. <laughs> very disturbing. Two Jews and a Gentile. I just want to say you said you're like, great job in the podcast. I've been listening for years. And he then, has. Yeah, I... Hope to see us all soon, and Vedas soon, the hair shampoo company, do want to support you. But, uh, yeah. I need a translator for this. This is my first phone call on this thing. I'll probably never get heard. Good luck to these people. Love you loads. I must have been really high when I thought that was Rutger Hauer. Yeah, it doesn't even sound one bit like Rucker No, Howard, not do at all. Sometimes like, it does, but no. Well, where was Rucker? Rucker Howard's not Irish, is he? No. Or was he? he was, He's he, like, like Austrian or something. Yeah, I thought he was like Austrian. That's I have no idea what I was thinking. Anyway, Rucker is a very strong name, and I must say, you don't meet, I don't think I've ever met a real-life Rucker. It's a great No, name. it's a great, and the, the name, Rucker Howard. Rucker Howard. It just inspires villain. Like yeah. you just, I know he typecast himself, but you're not going to hire him as like the your romantic lead, Rutger Hauer. Oh, he was so good in The Hitcher. I'm, I, in fact, I'm, I might watch that film tonight. You should watch The Hitcher. It's so good. One of my um, top ten horror films. Kiki, what do you Thank think you. of The Hitcher? That's what I want to know. What, what, what is your, what are your thoughts on the films of Rutger Hauer? He'll say Blade Runner because that's what everyone would say. I would like to know Kiki's thoughts on the seafaring films of, of Kurt Russell. <laughs> then there's well, some good about, Captain Ron. Are you talking about Overboard? Overboard, Captain Ron. Some good movies that involved the sea and involved Kurt Russell. I'd like to know Kiki's thoughts on that. Any film is made, made good by the appearance of Kurt Russell. Any <laughs> film. <laughs> Anyway, people call the Sacred Heart Hotline, 323-522-4032. We do like to hear your voice. Uh, once again, big ups to all the listeners who support us on Patreon. We do appreciate you keeping the show going. Patreon.com slash sickandwrong. Sign up today. Also, uh, if you haven't bought yourself some Sick and Wrong merch, you know, the holidays are just around the corner. I think uh, instead of buying all the, the useless bric-a-brac that most people tend to buy their families for the holidays. Go get, go get them some sick and wrong stuff. You know, get some sick and wrong merch. Like a I, mug. You can get a sick and wrong mug. I like buying themed gifts for family members. So just get yes. everybody sick and wrong stuff, even if they don't even know what a podcast is. Like if It'd they've never listened to the podcast, it, do it because it'd be funny. And then take a picture of the whole family wearing sick and wrong, you know, clothing. I'd like to see that. Like a, like a Christmas, like an awkward... Family Christmas photo of everyone wearing sick and wrong t-shirt. Everyone wearing the sick and wrong Bukaki t-shirt. That's what I'd like to see. That'd be a good idea. Just go to uh, sickandwrongpodcast.com slash shop. Click on the picture of the Pope. Buy yourself some merch. Uh, Finally here, sick and wrong song of the week. I was trying to find something that was sort of alien themed, sort of of space themed. And uh, the first song that came to mind was Neil Merriweather's Star Rider. Remember See, that the guy? first time it comes to my mind. Uh, I do know Neil Merriweather, but do you remember Babylon Zoo? Spaceman, I always wanted you to go. I'm not sure I know that song. 
Oh, that was such, when I was 10, that song was like number one for weeks and weeks. It's a classic. It's a banger. I think I probably might still have it on CD single somewhere. Hmm. It's probably not as good as Neil, Me- Neil Merriweather's Star Rider. No. <laughs> no, Neil Merriweather is a real musician who has like 200 albums to his name. You know what's interesting about him? He's he's played with a lot of different musicians, but... Um, Canadian. He played with Rick James Matthews, who uh, later on changed his name to Rick James. I was about to say, the Rick James. Yeah. no. I'm glad he dropped the Matthews because Rick James is Rick James. You can never be like, and here comes Rick James Matthews. It's not the same, is it? Well, he was in a band called the Minor Birds with uh, Rick James. But back then he was known as Ricky Matthews. And so, um, yeah, and Neil Young was actually in the band too. The Minor Birds sounds like a really bad, like, 60s, like, um, teen beat it was it, it like, was like mid 60s motown yeah well yeah. I, I mean motown's better than teen beat but it just sounds like it could have been sprung up from all, one of those beatles tribute acts the minor birds it's just weird that so so it must have been one of like neil young's first bands and uh yeah and obviously neil merriweather is really young both canadian i think uh yeah. merriweather's from winnipeg too isn't neil young from winnipeg I know he's Canadian, but I'm not sure yeah. whereabouts. Anyway, it's just funny that they were in a a band with uh with with Rick James. Rick James. It didn't last too long either because the band kind of fell apart. But anyway, Neil Merriweather went solo. The guy's he's very unique looking. He's got this like long blonde hair mm. and a mustache, and he wears like these '70s kind of jumpsuits. He reminds me of um Rick Wakeman from Yes, but like the Canadian version. He does kind of look like that, like Canadian uh, Rick Wakeman. Anyway, yeah. this song is great. It's off his album Kryptonite, which came out in 1975. So we're going to end the show here with Star Rider. A big thanks to, uh, to Miles Johnson for being on the show. And people, go, go uh, learn a little bit more about the Basis Project at uh, basisproject.org. We'll be back next week with episode 872. Till then, take it sleazy. <laughs>
was this one night we were out in the field and suddenly there was this incredibly bright light descending from the sky. Next thing we knew, we were in this big white room and standing in front of me was this slimy two-legged creature with these wide lizard-like eyes across its face. We looked at us and said, there's this planet where they're just necks with Adam's apples in them. And these necks just flop around day and night. That's the whole deal on this planet. So I said, what? I don't understand. He said, it's true. This planet is just a bunch of necks. And the Adam's apples in these necks are very pronounced. They bob up and down in the necks like they're gulping or something. But they're not gulping because they're not capable. There's no head. There's no mouth. It's just next. It's the worst fucking planet there is. Okay, I've got to go now. I just needed to tell someone about it. Then he dropped us off in the field and flew away in his spaceship. It was absolutely terrifying. 